0: Welcome to another episode featured on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and other popular podcast channels. And now, your university professor, published author, and U.S. Army Airborne Ranger veteran, Dr. Aaron Bryant. But then they go on and they say veterans report difficulty in transitioning civilian positions and difficulty translating military-related skills to higher-paying civilian jobs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know that already. That's <laughs> that's why they're in under VHA care. You know, I didn't... Again, if you read my book or heard some of my other shows, you know, I had this transition where I used to live when I was married. I lived in Sacramento. I moved to the Bay Area and I was still with Justy. And living in the Bay is, is a whole other animal. And I don't think I really started hitting, fighting my stresses until I moved to the Bay Area. And because it literally was just, attacking me at all different ways. You know, so let me give you a little background. When you live in the Bay Area, you don't really drive because there's so much traffic. Well, of course, those people who are driving is causing the traffic. But most people are trying to utilize public transportation. And we have this thing called BART, which is the Bay Area Rapid Transit. So BART's like a, you know, kind of a version of a subway, except it's above ground, not underground. And it zooms to stop and stop to get you to the main hub, which is the city of San Francisco. I mean, you know, the outlying cities will eventually merge into the city of San Francisco and therefore you get there. The problem with Barton, because we have such a high population, it is extremely crowded. So my my vets out there, you already know where I'm going with this. I can't handle it. I cannot handle it. I used to sit, you know, they have the uh, compartments of BART. You know, remember, it's like a subway. So you got, you know, connections of each car, I'm going to call it. And there's a certain seat where the connection of the car, there's a gap there. So you can, nobody can actually cross over. So there's a seat where you can actually have your back to that wall, and therefore, you don't have to worry about somebody coming through. And I used to always sit there because I just couldn't stand it when people would come by me on a regular basis. And plus, just the amount of people. I would get claustrophobic. I was always, you know, looking at my flanks. I mean, it was very difficult. So what did I do? I decided to drive. Okay, so now I'm going to get like everybody else who was in the traffic and drive. I was only, what, 15 miles from my job where I live. And yet it took me an hour and a half to get to work. But that's that's the Bay Area. And that brings up another circumstance because now you got road rage because people are cutting you off. They're honking their horns, not using blinkers. I wasn't used to this. I mean, if you live in Miami or, you know, I know you're probably laughing because that's how they are in Miami. And I found that out visiting. But, you know, for the most part, the cities I've lived in, pretty, people are pretty cordial. Not in the Bay. And that was not fun. So then you eventually I get to work. And then there's walking the streets of San Francisco. It's like walking in the morning of New York City in the heart of downtown. It's crazy busy. So again, by the time I got to work, I was at my wits' end. So I say all of this because here I am, just stressor after stressor after stressor. How am I supposed to puncture you that work? <sighs> I feel for those who have to deal with that. But then again, maybe you're like me, and you were told you could no longer work. And that brings me to my next (laughs) topic from VA. Remember, we're still under the same category, but they're talking about unemployment and poverty are correlated with homelessness among veterans. Well, yeah, I mean, I get it. If it's an economic issue, then you're going to probably be unemployed because you, and if you can't be employed. then therefore, you don't have a place to live. You know, when um when, I, when my wife, ex-wife at the time, my ex-wife asked me to leave um, the house, you know, I had no place to go. Thank God I had a, a, a vehicle at a Ford Explorer and it was paid off. So again, whoo, I thank my lucky stars. So I had this SUV, I'll never forget it. I had all my bags, many trash bags with all my clothes and shoes in the bag and stuffed in the back of the SUV. And uh, that was my home. That was my home. You know, leading up to that, uh, you know, I was unemployed. I couldn't get a job. I remember distinctly laying in bed for hours and hours at a time. I didn't, at the time, again, I didn't understand why. I didn't I didn't understand what was going on with me. Neither did my wife at the time. I actually did a podcast show on this I, titled Marriage is Hard. So you should listen to it. It gives you a little insight. Um, but, you know, my point is I was going through this. Situation unknowingly, and it eventually came to an end. And I'm out on the street, and I had no place to go. Now you, I think back, and I'm going. Why didn't I go to a cousin's house or aunt's house? I could have gone to L.A. and visited, stayed down there with you know somebody I knew. I'm pretty sure they would have took me in. But (laughs) the ego, the ego is, is too big for that, you know. I was an airborne ranger. I was part of one of the most elite units in the world. The things I've done, things I've seen, You know, fear was never a consideration. Things I was able to do, the training I had got. I mean, you gotta after all of that, facing the enemy of our country, the bodies I've dragged. I'm not gonna go whining to a relative, demonstrating weakness. Nah, that's that's is that wasn't me, apparently, and that's why I lived in my truck, my Ford Explorer. Kudos to Ford for having that vehicle last as long as it did for me. Also, kudos to Subway because. That $5 foot long was a meal for me many nights because I didn't have a lot of money. In fact, at the time, VA, you know I told you at the time, you know, back then, VA wasn't all that. And they only gave me 20% at the time. Now, if I remember correctly, I want to say that was probably like $198. It wasn't very much, maybe 210 And that was all I had. Uh, Unemployment, I think, wasn't going to kick in yet, you know, because they got a state of California, EDD, they got to do their little thing. So I think it was a good month and a half. I was surviving on my VA and that was all I had. So I was actually pretty savvy, though, because, uh, <laughs> you know, I always get appreciate those uh, hotels that would have breakfast for their uh People who would stay there because I would park in their parking lot. And in the morning, I'd get up, walk in, have a nice hot breakfast, stuff my pockets with whatever I could, fruit, whatever, and walk out. And they never knew the difference because I would do it very confidently, as if I knew exactly what I was doing. And the interesting thing was that, you know, the day shift they didn't know what the night shift knew. So they had no idea if I was somebody coming or going. So I was able to, you know, do pretty good for the period of time until I did get eventually get a job. I got a really good job and things started looking up. Um, But the, you know, the situation still wasn't addressed and that eventually caught up to me, even though circumstances changed. Um, VA still talks about other things, and most recently, COVID-19, the pandemic itself, and how that increased unemployment among veterans. They actually say in April of 2020, and get this, people, there were 833,000, 833,000 more unemployed veterans than the previous year. So April of 2019. So from April of 2019 to April of 2020, this is some of the data that they were able to provide. 833,000 more unemployed veterans. So I did teach stats for a couple of years at the university, and I did the numbers. And it's basically 11.7% increase. It's crazy. 11.7%. OK, let's move on from the financial. Let's talk about race, ethnicity and LGBT disparities. Now, I apologize for those who may feel like uh, I might not be saying the acronym right, but um, that is how they listed it in the VA, lesbian, gay and bisexual veterans. And they're more likely to report suicidal ideations um, And basically, they get screened for PTSD, depression, and alcohol problems. Now, they do this at a higher rate than heterosexual veterans. I don't have the answers. I just have my theory. And that's only because in the military, I can imagine that there are a lot of bigots out there. So that is probably why. People are just not comfortable. They also talk about homelessness. They said it's estimated at 37,085 veterans were homeless. Now, of that 37,000 plus, 14,345 were living on the street or unsheltered on any given night in 2019. I look back when I was homeless. and I wasn't unsheltered because I did have a vehicle and I would just brought my seat back and sleep in my truck and till the next day. But I still didn't have a roof over my head. And the thing is that I didn't even know or was aware that there were programs out there for veterans. I had no idea. I didn't know that I probably could have called some veteran hotline or resource and would have been in, hey, I've got no place to live. And they would have gave me some sort of stipend or something and allowed me to live in a hotel or, or residence in for a week or two weeks or a month. And it would just came out of our federal taxes. I had no idea. So that's why I do this podcast, because if you're listening, I want you to know there are definitely resources out. If you can't go to a family member, contact VA. They're definitely there to assist. They've done, or I should say, doing good work now. And by the way, this is not an application for VA. It just happened that I'm just really happy they're doing so much better. All right, social connection and isolation. VA talks about this as a risk factor for suicide. Now, (laughs) they say this is a significant concern given social distancing, and they also talk about this in relating to COVID-19. But here's the thing. I like to be isolated. I don't like being around a lot of people. So if you're telling me I'm gonna risk for suicide because I need my space, then I guess that's another box I'm gonna have to check because I don't like being around a lot of people. You know, for me, isolation is part of who I am. Um, I just don't feel part of many things anymore. You know, I, I just I tried. I really, really, really tried. I tried things and it just didn't work. My personality, my interests, these things just did not adapt to what the norm is. Let me give you an example. So I, well, technically I didn't join the church, but I was attending a church to be a part of the community. This men organization that I was became a member of and actually was really excited because it almost kind of gave a you know brotherhood like vibe similar to the military so i thought this is this is great this is going to be wonderful especially that they give back to the community both financially and you know from a labor perspective in fact i'll even say they actually do the same thing uh, with veteran hospitals too so i was more than signed up But over time, things started breaking down and the personalities and the politics and things just started falling apart. And I had to step away. I had to step away, just like I had to step away from, you know, like uh, an employment opportunity I had in the past where, you know, I got to a certain point, I had to walk away. I, Danger to myself, danger to the person. So, a decision had to be made. So, I made that decision. And that's why I left. But it's not just that. I, You know, Boys and Girls Club. Okay, wow, you're doing this for the kids. This is a great thing. And you're there to support the kids and give these kids an opportunity. And the same circumstance, you know, you're dealing with people, adults, and although they may care, they still have their personalities. And I have mine. And, um, you know, I get it. I'm the common denominator. I get it. I'm not trying to say it's their fault. I recognize that it's, I'm the one that's the consistency here. That's why I left. So VA continues to talk about the VHA patients. Remember that's the Veteran Health Administration, the patients that are actually enrolled with VA. And they say how the suicide rates are the highest among those who are divorced, widowed, or never married. <laughs> I'm just checking boxes left and right. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you're listening to this show and you were thinking about suicide, trust me, Have you? I'm checking boxes on and on and on, and I'm still here. So I hope you're going to stick with me and we're going to continue to try to figure this out because- I don't think I've said a single thing that does not not apply to me because if these stats and data is accurate, I'm probably right there on the cliff, but I'm still doing the show. See, talk about health and well-being as well. VHA patients, they say that they die by suicide because they're more likely to have sleep disorders traumatic brain injury, TBI, or some sort of brain di—sorry, uh, pain diagnosis than other VHA patients. So basically, you have VHA patients, but the ones who actually committed suicide, they have found that they are suffering from TBI or sleep disorders or have some sort of pain issues. I got all three of those. <laughs> Again, checking the boxes. You know, there's not very many trauma veterans, combat veterans that would not have these. So clearly they're documenting this so that we can be aware and we can take notice. So when you fall and check into these categories, they are bringing attention to you to be able to support you. I can vouch for that because that's one of the reasons why. I have my various therapists who are there for me, you know. Primary care. I have my psychiatrist. I have a psychologist. Uh, I even have a. Uh, I'm not even sure what her title is. Like some sort of interpersonal therapist. I don't know. So I mean, you, you just I, I I can go on fingers for everything. TBI doctor on and on and on and on. I. I You can come up with the name. I probably got it. So I say this because I am still here and I'm still struggling through. So I know you can do the same because we cannot allow the numbers of suicides to go up. We just can't. 2005, they say 6,056 veterans have died per year. That for that year, 2005. So that comes to 16.6 a day. Okay, that's in 2005. So let's skip a couple of years. In 2007, it was 6,174. That comes to 16.9 a day. 2010, three years forward, 6,472. That's 17.7 people dying a day. Let's jump four years ahead, 2014, 6,587 in that year. That data comes to 18 people a day. Now, I jumped four years ahead. You can look it up, and you'll see that you actually have every single year. But I saw in 2018, the number actually went down, 6,434, which came down to 17.6. That came down from the 18 a day to 17.6 a day. But remember, I have a shirt that says 22 a day based on last year's numbers. So what I find disturbing is that every year's, you know, we took it at 2005 and all these numbers. This is a day. Can, can, can you fathom that? Think about that for a second. A day. Going back to old 05, 16.6 a day. Seven days a week. Four weeks a month. People, that's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of veteran death. You know, I don't I don't know where or if I could get the numbers of people who ETS, you know, leave the military. I get it that we have bases all over the country. We have bases all over the world. Some you can't be discharged home from the base. You have to come back stateside and some you can't. I get that. But I'm really curious to know how many is leaving per day, 30 Fifty a day? I don't know how high that would be across the world. But I see that our data of suicide rates being either between 18 to 22 a day. What are we looking at? Like one out of every six that get out of the military per day are committing suicide? I'm sorry. You gotta give me a second here. That process. Is, I'm gonna take a drink of my wine. That number bothers me. I hope you have been enjoying the show. Well, do not go anywhere just yet. We have a continuing episode with Dr. Bryant Speaks.